What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to <coughs> uh, Thirsty Thursday. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit today. Demay is out of town. We uh, we kind of flipped the schedule. We're gonna be doing a premiere a little bit later of one that we recorded while we were in uh, uh, Louisville with Zach. Had a good time. Had some bourbons. Sat and had some bourbons and just talked. It's, and it's going to be actually really exciting because uh, Zach is not your typical lawn care guy uh, because he's also a lawyer. And you know, there's there's an, it's, and it's interesting because we have we have two people in the community that uh, went from lawn care into law and, uh, and 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 in that order, as a matter of fact. And of course, Jesse Buscain and, and Zach and, and Zach has uh, maintained his lawn business. Time's up. As, it's over. Yes, it is over. Has maintained his business as well as uh, his his law business. So it's a, a super unique um, uh, 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 talent that has entered the the lawn care community. Especially being able to manage both those <laughs> both of those careers. So anyway, what I wanted to do is just come on, pop on live for 30 minutes or so and um, have a chat with everybody. And then also uh, uh, get, get you the opportunity. If you want to call in and ask questions, by all means, please do. Um, and I'll go ahead and clue everybody in a, a couple of things that we're working on in the background. I, w- I want to say first and foremost, thank you to Dr. Shaddix for coming on to the show. The, the feedback we got from that was just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And I promise we were going to have him on again. Uh, because there's so much more uh, we want to talk about, uh, and it was it was difficult for us to get to all the things we wanted to talk about because of time limits, right? And um, and and so of course we had to geek out and get all that shit over with first, and then as finally as we started to get into a rhythm, it was like holy shit, we've been doing this for three hours. All right, we gotta we gotta start to wrap it up, right? So that's one of the things that ends up happening, and it is what it is. Uh, but the beautiful thing about having people on multiple times is that you can get through that introductory period to be able to improve the efficiency of the communication and then get to the types of things that you want to get to as deep as you want to get into them, of course. Uh, and so we are trying to do this with other people, too. Uh, we would love to have uh, Dr. M- uh, Michael Woods on. We're in communications with him. Uh, talking to some boys up in the Northeast um, and, uh, and, and I want to get them on as well. Uh, some PhD candidates up there, and so that should be on the on the fun side of things, right? Because uh, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, pre dissertation type research stuff, and uh, and provide a unique ex- uh, perspective too, because they are not wholly ingrained into uh, academia at that point. And uh, and that was also one of the beautiful things about Dr. Shaddix as well too, who is uh, post uh, academia career of just working with shit that genuinely interests him. Right. And uh, and the beautiful thing about it is that when you're not really beholden to anyone, you get to do only the shit that interests you. And uh, lucky for us, uh, the shit that interests him are things that are highly actionable and applicable to uh, to what we do day in and day out. Uh, Now, obviously, I don't treat lawns anymore for a living, um, but it's something I'm still very much vested in. And I'm very vested in it, um, especially from uh, the chemistry standpoint. Right. Because in manufacturing. Uh, the different types of chemical reactions, soil interactions, uh, allows me to take a look at the body of available uh, inputs that are out there and figure out how to formulate them in such a way to uh, to be able to maintain solubility and uh, and thus uh, elicit some sort of response from the plant, right? Like, for instance, 
you know, how can you take uh, an input like ferrous sulfate, make it soil applied and keep it uh, and, and, and uh, make it available to the plant, right? Well, the obvious way is to turn that into like an EDHA chelate, but is there, there are certain things that you can do from a manufacturing standpoint um, to assist that uh, without having to use that exact chelation method. Anyway, it keeps me young, sharp, and active, and creative. And uh, and you know, I'm I'm 36 years old now. I probably have 10, maybe 14 years of creativity left before I'm on uh, the steep downward decline. And so, um, at this point of my life, in this point of my career, it's imperative to me uh, to get as much of this into my brain as humanly possible, um, because uh, the 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 countdown has started to uh, you, you know for. Um, uh, uh, intellectual proficiency to begin declining, right? And so you got to get it all in while you can get it in. Uh, that being said, if you would like to call in 304-804-7277, there's 304-80-GRASS uh, or that's 304-804-7-ASS. Uh, however you want to go about that, the line is open if you would like to call in. If not, I promise um, my ego is big enough that I can continue to sit up here and talk about any, everything and nothing simultaneously. Uh, also, if you have questions and you want to put them into the chat, I can get to them that way too. I'm not looking at the chat right now, but you know what I am going to go ahead and do is uh, I'm going to open this so I can see the chat. And, hey, Matt, uh, and yes, I'm going to uh, pull up a link, link that someone sent us with no context. Yeah. I'm going to put it up on the screen here. It is yeah. called uh, Through Thoughtful Practices, Lawns Can Be Climate Friendly. Oh, yes. Let's take a look at this. And I think I sent you that link maybe in the Discord. Um, mm -hmm. Might mm -hmm. have messaged it to you. Yeah, I did. I'll throw it in the in, YouTube uh, chat too. First, first things first here, go Beavers. Uh, a big fan of Oregon State for more reason than one. Uh, and the, the second piece of this is uh, thank you for someone finally acknowledging this, right? Uh, how long have we been going uh, through this uh, paradoxical wormhole of just shitting on any and everything that is related to lawns, right? Um, it, it's, it's just so much fun. Maybe, maybe not for you, but for me uh, to, uh, I, I like to argue. I don't know why it is a, it is a thing that I have. It's, I have a broken brain syndrome that uh, I enjoy arguing because I like hearing other people's thoughts and opinions. And um uh, and so I, I, li I like to hop onto the Twitter sometimes and just type into the search bar uh, lawns or fertilizer or whatever uh, phrase of the day you feel like putting in and, and, and engaging in controversy, right? Because, again, I like to argue. So shout out to Oregon State for uh, going ahead and being like, you know what? Uh, our, our general uh, readership here is probably uh, not okay with lawns and in general and especially uh positive reinforcement as related to lawns right and so what they did was uh, talk about the advantages here that can come from having well you know a maintained lawn one of the number one things that uh gets it gets gets misconstrued is the amount of maintenance required to maintain a lawn to a high degree you, you, there, there, that is wholly optional. That is entirely up to your personal preference, the amount of maintenance that it ends up taking. I promise you, this is going to sound crazy. This is going to sound absolutely insane. I can have a badass fescue lawn in my front yard 
and mow it 12 times a year. It takes a little careful consideration in planning, but with just 12 cuts a year, I can make it look as good, if, if, if definitely better than any other property on my street. With, with little to no effort, with, certainly with fewer mowings. And I'm not even talking about using growth regulators. I don't even need, don't even need to, to uh, uh, use a, a growth regulator to do this. It's just timing everything, right? And you know, being okay with it being a little tall. Now, a couple of things that I have to my advantage is that I've got uh, some strategically placed shade trees too, right? That helps make that happen. It's also the direction that my house is facing. So I, you know, this idea that it just requires shit tons and shit tons and shit tons and shit tons of time, effort, maintenance, and money is really a facade, right? Now, if you are going for uh, the, the, uh, the, the type of, of playing surface that you would uh, see at Augusta National, then yes, by all means, every blade of grass on that, on that uh, uh, golf course is designed to impact the playability of that golf course. That is not what we're often doing with, uh, with a residential lawn. A lot, the, the majority of the time, what we're going for there is aesthetic, right? Aesthetic. We're not manipulating playing surfaces. Uh, we're not manipulating ball roll. We're not concerned about uh, uh, tear from cleats and, uh, and, and uh, uh, juking that's going to be taking place out on the field. And so it's a, it's a completely different name of the game. And if you, and if you can be strategic about it, uh, like, for instance, turning off the water when you don't want to cut it all the time, you don't have to input the, the effort into it to still get a high degree of output, right? Because I promise you, the one thing that I hate, and I have been very transparent about this, I hate mowing grass. I hate mowing grass. There's a lot of things in this world that I hate, and I promise you, somewhere near the top of that list is mowing grass. In fact, I hate mowing grass so much that when people, when I, when I did treat lawns for a living, when people asked me if I mowed lawns for a living, I would want to vomit. And I mean that. Uh, so, you know, it, you know, I hate mowing grass. So the, the idea of, of minimizing effort and time and, uh, and maximizing efficiency uh, based on your desired output, I am 100% in line with. You know, I think about it now from working in manufacturing, right? It's all about efficiency to achieve a desired output, right? So there you go. So a couple of things they notice uh, uh, that they highlight in this article here uh, is that uh, one, the, 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 uh, uh, the climate friendliness of lawns and, and a couple of things, of well, uh, several things to note here that is uh, 100% should be at the top of everyone's list when they talk about getting rid of lawns are the, uh, the secondary effects that you end up losing by by getting rid of a lawn. Number one, stormwater runoff. Now, a lot of people out there that are going to be watching this do not understand the complexity and issues that revolve around stormwater management. Um, Jay Pink and I, we live in the in the mountains of East Tennessee, right? And uh, and so with significant elevation changes uh, from neighborhood to neighborhood, street to street, you may have hundreds of feet of, of uh, uh, elevation change from, from just ac across a couple of streets. And if you think about it, as neighborhoods get built in, uh, on, these, on these various elevations and planes, um, what you see is the installation of impervious services, right? So think about it, roads, 
roofs, driveways. Impervious surface meaning that there's going to be no absorption of water that falls, right? And so what you're doing, what you have to do is figure out some way to retain and or divert that water. Now, diversion of water creates its own set of, of issues because you have to pipe it somewhere. And then eventually you have to bring an end to the pipe, uh, to the, uh, to the pipe, right? Um, and, and so when you, when you get rid of the, uh, of the pipe, uh, where does it end up going as it travels downhill, right? So, uh, a, a, a lot of these, these, uh, uh, strategies that are employed of building these new neighborhoods are are only finite right and then so as the next neighborhood goes in you're probably catching stormwater runoff of impervious surfaces at your new neighborhood and then what ends up happening is is then all of a sudden you built a $300,000 house and your bottom uh floor ends up catching 6 inches of stormwater runoff uh, uh, uh as, as a result of the uh, high, uh, uh neighborhood built at a higher elevation right Grass is an unbelievable manager of stormwater runoff, right? And do you know why? Because it is a permeable surface, right? So it is going to slow the horizontal movement of water and provide a point of infiltration and time for infiltration, right? Uh, one of the things you see now in uh, uh, commercial and residential developments is a property being able to retain a one-inch rainfall uh, on site, right? And this can become extremely problematic if you have like a zero lot line property, right? Because the majority of your property, it may, your, your property may be uh, 3,000 square or 2,000 square feet and your roof line alone may be 1,800 square feet. And so you've got 200 square feet of, of surface uh, and this doesn't even include your patio to be able to retain a one inch rainfall, right? So now you're talking about installing cisterns and underground holding tanks and all this other stuff that can become extremely costly and difficult to do, right? And and more and more of these one-inch rainfall containment regulations are being written into HOAs and stuff. So if you think you're going to get away from it, unfortunately, you will not. It's it's going to show up any and everywhere. Um, so grass is 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 one of the great remediators of stormwater runoff, right? And, uh, you know, imagine if uh, you took uh, a quarter of all your impervious surfaces and replaced them with grass, then you're talking about a significant uh, uh, increase in the amount of infiltration that could take place. And thus, the less water you have to deal with diverting or piping or containing somewhere else. Uh, reduction of urban heat, right? So we all know uh, uh, asphalt, concrete, uh, roofing shingles hold a phenomenal, a phenomenal amount of heat, right? And think about synthetic turf. I, how many times I've had DeMay share on this show, I can't tell you how many times, uh, a laser temperature reading of the surface of a synthetic turf uh, a field. Coming in at a cool 140, 150, 160 degrees Fahrenheit. That's crazy. That is crazy. So, uh, uh, the, the advantage there of grass is that you're going to see a significant reduction in surface temperatures as a result of, well, the presence of grass. And it's not even comparable. Where you may have a surface temperature of 104 degrees on turf grass, you may have a temperature of 140 degrees on synthetic turf or asphalt, or whatever the case may be. How many times have you seen people take an egg and cook it on a sidewalk? That's not a, just a, a euphemism that people use. People actually do it in the South, and everybody points and laughs and talks about how hot it is and then goes, 
and uh, and cools off uh, sitting under a shade tree uh, with the uh, with the water hose running over their head. Well, you sit under the shade tree in the grass with the water hose running off over your head because it's cool enough to be able to sit on the fucking grass versus sitting on a uh, a, a concrete surface where it would uh, literally begin to burn your skin. So there we go. Uh, then the other thing here would be uh, 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 photosynthesis. The, the, the great, uh, the great uh, creator of the, the world, the plants, uh, 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 biology, biodiversity, however you want to you put it or phrase it or whatever, um, uh, uh, and this is all uh, religion aside, but the beautiful things about plants is that they consume CO2 and, uh, and convert it into energy and thus give back O2 as a result of it, right? So. Um, the, the beautiful thing about, about grass is that uh, it generates its own food using CO2 and sunlight, uh, photosynthesis. So in effect, what ends up happening is that uh, you're, you're, you're watching uh, carbon sequestration in real time. Now, I did see some questions about uh, electric mowers. And, I, and look, 100%, Go ahead, if, you, cowboy. If, you, if you want to use an electric mower, that's great. I think it's an, uh, an awesome thing. He said, do you think the average homeowner will be disappointed with the current electric motors mowers? I have no idea. Uh, I don't, I don't, I hate mowing grass. I hate using a, uh, a gas mower. I would hate using a, uh, a, a, a battery powered mower. I do know battery technology in, uh, over the years has, um, improved phenomenally. And, uh, you know, we, we get to, we get to see. Uh, the explosion of technology on that front. And so I'm sure they're actually great and are, and are, and are working really, really, really well. And that's why we're beginning to see it in, in uh, even on the commercial side of things, right? And uh, because it's able to get the job done. And I'm not even going to get into the world of like, well, you got to charge those batteries and what's generating the power to charge those batteries? What's it coming from? What's your, your power generation source? I'm not even going to get into that. But I'll say this is that Everything I have seen people talking about for an average homeowner using a battery-powered equipment is that they have wild success with it. And so I think, I think that is a, uh, a, a phenomenal thing that's going on there. And a couple other things, you know, of course, choosing, you know, the four R's, uh, using water wisely, uh, and sometimes just let the damn thing slow down growing. Again, that's exactly how I get away with only doing uh, 12 cuts a year on my front yard is because, well, when I don't need uh, to, to, uh, to water it. I'm not going to water it. And therefore, if I can slow growth by, uh, I starving it of water, then by all means, I will do that. We get over 50 inches of rain here a year here in Knoxville. There's no reason I need to pull out a fucking water hose for my front yard. Maybe if it was full sun and I was really concerned about it, uh, but I'm not, I promise you hate mowing grass. I've done enough. I've scratched my itch. I have managed uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of acres across my, my, my career. I, I, I was into that. I, uh, and I've had a ton of fun Time's doing that. And I've over. made a lot of money doing that, but you know what? I'm, I'm not there anymore. Uh, why did I get the time's up? It's over. Uh, I we, think because some timer is running back in the background. Oh, okay. Okay. I was, th- I was like, I thought I've got 10 more minutes somewhere in there. Yeah. No, I was no, just no, making no. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. There was a couple other ones. Uh, does Matt call it pop soda or Coke? Uh, I'm, I'm from the South. Everything is a Coke here. Uh, Westside Lawn Company says I have a pH of seven with two apps of ammonium sulfate over the next couple of years be enough to lower it. 
I also have low potassium, 9.3 parts per million. Would sulfate of potash be best to raise that? I, 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 <laughs> two applications of ammonium sulfate over the next couple of years is not going to move your pH at all. Uh, in fact, you would, you would probably see nothing over, over a couple of years, a couple of applications as far as movement on that. Um, then uh, the, uh, the next thing is that I highly doubt that you have a, a, either an ammonium acetate or a malic 3 test that has a potassium of 9.3 parts per million. Uh, I don't think your grass would be alive at that, at that threshold. If it was, then I would think that it would be perpetually dormant. Uh, it would be straw colored and needled and, uh, and it would be, it would be really weird. So I don't, if I had to guess, and I'm just guessing here is that quite possibly you used, uh, one of those, uh, um, oh, what do you call it? Who is it? Um, is it soil savvy or whatever they're called? I, I, I did you use a soil savvy test? If I had to guess that, uh, that would be that. Yes. My soil. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So who knows what the actual 9.3 parts per million is. None of those are calibrated to turf. And so it's just a random number of darts at a dartboard, but we'll go ahead and use the idea that it is actually low in potassium. Will sulfate of potash be best to raise that? Sure. You can use potassium chloride too, or muriate of potash. That'll raise it. You can use potassium nitrate. You can use potassium acetate. You can use potassium carbonate. Uh, pick your poison there. Since you have a pH of seven, uh, really the, the only thing you would, you would maybe want to watch out for is potassium carbonate. But even then, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of alkalinity out of that. It's just, you're applying more carbonates to an already carbonate rich soil. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, uh, so that would be the only thing I would avoid, but even at a pH of seven, it's not, you're not going to hurt anything by doing that. So, uh, whatever you have available, whatever you feel like applying by all means go for it. Um, uh, blades of glory what's going on blades of glory long time no see you talk about one of the ogs on uh youtube lawn care blades of glory is legitimately uh one of the ogs on on youtube and uh and and buddy i've been here long enough to know that you are one of the the ogs so glad glad to see you here um and uh, the other thing is, uh, no, I'm not about that watering life ever. Now, if I if I lived in Arizona or you know somewhere where I don't get rain, sure, I'd be a bit more apt to to water the grass. Uh, but I I just do not I do not live in an area where I am deficient in rain. Therefore, I'm not going to go dumping a bunch of of water out there. Again, fifty inches of rain a year. Stormwater management is an issue here because we are constantly being inundated with heavy amounts of rainfall. Uh, winter is our rainy season here, and we get metric shit tons of rain. And typically, when we do, there are big, heavy downpours. It's not uncommon for us to get four inches of rain in a day or two. It's it's incredible. Uh, flower friends, yes, by all means, feel free to uh, to call in, Justin, and uh, I will I will be nice to you until you give me an opportunity to uh, not be nice to you. And I'll warn you that I'm on a time crunch here. So I got about seven or eight minutes before I have to dip. Uh, but if you do get cross with me, I will shout at you, cowboy. Um, is fusillade good for treating Bermuda and Zorgia? I haven't messed around with it yet. Yes, absolutely it is. Um, it's probably one of the, 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 uh, the best options you have out there. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and you know, people talking about these robot mowers, we have a, uh, in-house 
uh, expert, and that would be Hungry Southerner on robot mowers. He is absolutely the uh, the best of the best when it comes uh, to that. Uh, and this is someone who has worked on it from the inside out, you know, uh, playing around with with the processors that are in this and manipulating software and all that fun stuff because he can. Uh, I don't know how to do any of that. He does, but you know, he's also our resident legitimate rocket scientist that helps put not not rockets. Not just rockets that go boom, but rockets that send people into outer space. Uh, so, you know, be, considering he knows how to do that, um, I, I, you know, when, when he takes a look and does a deep dive and, uh, and parts out these, these mowers, uh, you know, everything he's saying is that he's, he's, he's good. He uses them. Uh, he gets incredible results with them. And so, therefore, I trust his input. When he says they're good, I buy into it. He is a Husqvarna guy through and through. And therefore, if I had a recommendation for it, I would uh, I would do that. We also have another member of the community, uh, Colby Burcham, uh, actually owns a, uh, a a company that deals specifically in um, uh, uh, the, the 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 maintenance and supply side of and and uh, setup and service of. Uh, automated mowers. That is Otmo in Kansas. I don't know what all his uh, territory is, but um, if you if you type Otmo Kansas into the into the deal there, uh, I believe he's he's the uh, he's the one. And uh, let me see here, Colby Burcham, and dun, 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 dun. yeah, he's Wichita. So. Uh, uh, Altmo Wichita, Colby Burcham, he, he is a member of our community. Uh, he does this damn thing, and he knows them through and through. He knows all the obscure brands. He knows all the name brands. He knows how to work on all the brands. He knows how to set up all the brands. He knows how to manipulate all the brands and, uh, and literally does it full-time for a living, uh, and that's going to be everything from Husqvarna to RoboMo to tiny mobile robots to works and all the different names you hear. I mean, he, he legitimately is the who's who on a professional sense of being able to do that. Uh, Hungry Southerner is a, uh, is an engineer uh, that does it from a, uh, from his garage and manipulates it to do all kinds of weird things. Uh, Colby Burcham is actually a professional that does this thing. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. If you've got questions about him, I would reach out to him. Uh, um, we've got about four minutes. I doubt we're going to be able to, uh, to, uh, get a long call in here. But, Go ahead, cowboy. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Did I did I miss any other questions? I don't think I did. I think I got everything. Uh, uh, I think the only other, <laughs> I think the only other question was, um, someone wanted to know how did they get the GIE fire to stop? Oh, wait, no. Uh, I misread that. How did they get the GIE fire help to go green? How did that help? Oh no, Telly. Uh, what, uh, Telly, give give me a little more context. I feel like there is a uh, there's an inside baseball uh, going on there, and and I am I am not. I'm trying to think back because Telly, you were there when we were talking to Zach, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get get into my head and recall that, but I'm I'm drawing a blank right now. That was a wild ass 48 hours for me, like a super wild 48 hours. Right? Cause I had worked for like 16 hours, picked up my family, drove there, uh, hung out with y'all left in, uh, 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 slept for about two and a half hours and then went back to work for about 16 hours. So 
it was it was a blur. Uh, Superion, uh, which is also known as um, uh, Certainty, I took out the K31 Fescue and invading my bluegrass, but works to take out the ryegrass. Good luck. <laughs> You're probably not going to be able to take it out. Um, Metzelfuron methyl is typically what's recommended to do that. However, uh, at this point, they have removed Metzelfuron methyl from the Kentucky bluegrass label, have removed Kentucky bluegrass from the Metzelfuron methyl label because it ends up causing so much damage uh, uh uh collateral damage that it ends up causing plant failure and it's just the risk to reward ratio is not there because uh, and, and especially because a metzofuron methyl is just not very efficient at killing uh, uh ryegrass to begin with especially the newer cultivars of ryegrass and uh and a lot of the the native ryegrasses that have been there for a long period of time uh it just it just they're not they're not what they used to be um I mean, well, I'm sorry, the, the older cultivars have adapted uh, to living in that situation. And so, you know, it is, it is what it is. Uh, all right, we are at 9-11. We are going to get ready to go to the premiere. I'm going to hop off here. It's good to talk to everybody. Uh, uh, on Sunday, we'll be back with our regularly scheduled programming with, uh, with Ray and Ryan and myself. And then what, what do we have coming up on next Thursday, Jay Pink? Uh, the Turfology Boys. We've got the Turfology Boys are coming back on. And so uh, last year, we talked a metric shit ton about uh, a celeprin and uh, uh, army worms and the uh, the hellacious damage they ended up causing. So I'll be curious to see what we're going to be going into this year. Should be a good time. Uh, safe travels to Demay that's out there. Ray, I love you as always. And, uh, and you know, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't shank your neighbor tonight if you don't have to but if you do have to call me and i'll help you however i can because you know you and i both are into that kind of thing all right love y'all have a good one bye